Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The NBA is right around the corner, and right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com and Bleacher Report, Preston Ellis. The Pelicans have ended their quarantine in the quarantine, as Nicolo Melli said, uh, on the Disney campus. Don't you dare call it a bubble, Ernie Johnson. Uh, today, to help us talk about it, we have editor-in-chief to the Bird Rights, the man on all your favorite Zoom calls, Mr. Ali Cosell. What's up, dude? What's up, Preston? How you no. doing today, buddy? I'm all right. My baby is in that sleep regression mode. Uh, I, I, first of all, I can't complain. I am so blessed. I'm so lucky. I'm just a little underslept because I'm I'm trying to like knock this little thing out, <laughs> and it's totally stressing my wife out. But other than that, everything is glorious. She's You're trying to knock your child out. Hey, man. What what do they do? Whiskey under the gums? Uh, that that <laughs> that sort of thing. I am open to suggestions, sir. Uh, you know what else works is pulling out. Oh, God. <laughs> Manscaped. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, We're getting up to a rock start already. This is going well. Uh, you just heard uh, one of our own representatives from the Bird Rights who was on a Zoom call this week, which was super cool. Uh, Mr. David Crubb, what's going on, man? It was super cool. Each one was nice to me. So that was a whole role reversal. That was, that was dope. And then, uh, you know, put out a couple pieces this week. So, yeah, so things are going nice. Answer truthfully. Do you think Etuan Moore remembers the negative comment? Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Especially if he saw David's face. Yeah. Am I, am, am I, do I stand out in that Pelican's locker room? I think I do. <laughs> you and Andrew tower over the rest of us, man. All right. Let's move on to the man who would never pick up a Disney to go order. Uh, I just think of you as a guy who always wants to find the best local food. I remember one time he texted me like 20 different New Orleans restaurant names that I had never heard of. Mr. Kevin <laughs> Berrios, what's up, dude? Oh, nothing much. Hanging out at home. With, uh, today was like a little big day for my like side hustle of design because um, a website I designed launched today and um, there was pre-orders on it for a record I also designed. So I was dealing with all that stuff this morning. Um, but now I'm chilling and happy to be talking to you guys. 
Super cool. All right, you guys, let's talk some basketball. We finally had some footage today of the Pelicans back at practice. The first like real authentic practice footage we've really seen in four months. Uh, Zion, of course, looks great. And he said in the presser today that he's been he's been working on some new moves that he might unveil. Uh, I think on July 22nd is the first scrimmage. Also, Alvin Gentry uh, referenced his stepfather multiple times as having done a wonderful job. Smart man, that Mr. Gentry uh, playing up to the to the Williamson household. Ali, what were your takeaways from some of the comments today? Uh, it was just really good to hear that the guys haven't had any issues. You know, we've seen some NBA players complain about whether the food, the lodging, um, whatever else has been on their minds. But, you know, the Pelicans are pretty much straight shooters. Some people may call them boring, but everybody seemed joyful in terms of ha- just having good spirits of being back together again. That seemed to be the major talking point. You know, Alvin gave us a rundown on practice, which I'm sure we'll get to. But other than that, really, Drew Holiday just talked about how it's good to be with all the guys again. Zion, yeah, he was asked about what he's been up to. And according to Malika Andrews, I didn't know this. I don't know how many people knew this, but supposedly he's been on a basketball court itself, not just working out, but on a basketball court itself, working on his game since the hiatus started. So that was kind of surprising. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, where do you find a basketball court? Uh, I, In I guess. Orleans. He yeah. remember he was here. Well, he had access to one. Remember, guys, he said he had some kind of hoop to shoot on. I remember that. He told Ernie Johnson that once. On a but, NBA I mean, he also was special. in the facility, right? So, I mean, I'm sure they allowed him to shoot around in the facility. Too. I don't think he was allowed to, David, or at least, you know, heard the rules, right? He was oh, there just for rehab work? Could, oh, just for rehab, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was talking I'm, to Depp. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I, I'm like Ali, I would probably just say, yeah. If Zion Williamson wants to get into an empty gym, somebody's got keys for an empty gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to Devin Blair, the assistant coach of um, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, where they got Sindorius Thornwell from. And he kind of dropped a, a nice uh, hint. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to check out the podcast. Shout out to that podcast. But he was basically saying that a lot of these guys have very quietly uh, not only had access to gyms, but they've also been working out with one another. Or he would you know, like to think, like, of course uh, – while adhering to the NBA rules, but he just kind of kind of gave a little wink that maybe these guys have been doing a, a lot more than we've been privy to. Uh, David, we're uh, David. Derek Favors had some wonderful comments the other day. I thought a really insightful stuff, a really pleasant interview from him. And you wrote about it. Uh, some of the stuff he talked about was uh, his his contract, the viability of the Disney campus. What were your uh, some of your other takeaways from some of those interviews as well as your article? I think the biggest things that from from Favors was how much this time really meant to him and how he utilized it to get his body in shape, um, to finally really grieve for his mother. I mean, I, he, he, you know, he kind of basically stated that he, you know, he hadn't had the time to do it during the season. You're trying to think about so many things and he had the time to properly do that. He had the time to be with his kids, which again, during, during all of that, um, I think was really important to a guy like him. There's, He's, he, he projects to you and, and from day one has talked about how important family is to him. And so I think for Derek, you know, and I asked him straight up, I said, I don't think we ever got to see the best of you while you were on the court. And even what you were doing was pretty good. And now I think for the first time, for the most part, we get a chance to see a healthier physically and a healthier mentally Derek favors. And I think that's something to be excited about. Guys, can you imagine if we get Utah's Derek Favors on the court in Orlando? I thought the yeah. one we had was pretty good. Uh, no, was- he was. No, I don't want to take anything away. But let's face it, David Grubb and I talked about it almost every game, 
right? He never looked 100%. Never. From preseason through the last game. He ran a little stiff. Um, you could see that there, his conditioning just wasn't right. And you could see that on the offensive glass, he was killing it. But that end-to-end, Derek was like one of the, what, he was one of the five slowest players in the league going end-to-end. And so, yeah, that's not who he is. He's a much better athlete than that. Um, even mm-hmm. with that, the efficiency of him offensively, if he can move more, I think that that changes changes up their defense and makes them even more formidable around the rim. Yeah, and he was only playing 24 minutes a game. Uh, I wonder if Alvin Gentry would be interested as the guys get back into better uh, game shape, if they might up that ante maybe to around 27, 28 minutes. Uh, what were you, some of your takeaways from uh, the comments in the past few days, Kevin? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with these guys. I'm very excited about about Derek Favors feeling himself again because I, we, I think we were all pretty excited about him as an addition, and we all saw how important he was uh, contributing to success on the court, um, and we all knew he was playing limited, uh, whether it's physically, mentally, or both. Um, it was clear to see he wasn't himself, so getting that back is going to be great. Um, like, uh, Grubb was just talking about his offensive rebounding, but – I just happened to uh, Chris and I are starting a, a new project together. Um, it's going to be a while before it comes out. I'm not really going to talk about it, but it had me looking up another player's uh, defensive rebounding uh, percentage. And, and I wanted to compare it to favors and favors defensive rebounding percentage last season was 20. Well, this current season uh, was 29%. That's yeah, really, you know, so that was clearly a weakness uh, of this team is big man defense and rebounding um, for this, uh, for this team. And that's the, one of the biggest things that you worry about with them getting into a playoff matchup, especially with the Lakers, with the size that the Lakers have. So having a guy like favors back and ready and healthy and fully engaged, um, then I, I, you know, it's very exciting to think about what that could look like. All right, we're going to move on to Ali. We, uh, I think it was Andrew Lopez or maybe Todd Gra- Graffinini. Oh, my God, I don't know how to say his name. Apologies. That was but, great. Uh, That's right. Okay, you okay. said it. Great. Uh, Brandon Ingram has apparently put on muscle. Uh, J.J. Redick is apparently leaner than he's been since college, potentially. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker actually grew nearly a full inch. Ali, can we make Nikhil a lock for most improved next year? I <laughs> <laughs> honestly don't think as I joked with you guys earlier I don't think that he needed any additional length right especially if he's going to be handling the ball in, in a lot of offensive uh, sets and stuff for the team down the road I, I just you know I just want to see him mature more both on and off the court I think that would be the biggest help to his game but going uh, talking about what else was said I think the Brandon Ingram looking bigger goes back to what I kind of noticed what with his trainer that was posted um keon i forget his last name but it, when he was working at kinston north carolina this guy put out a lot of video of what bi had been doing over like the last month month and a half because there had been rumors right that bi was actually a little bit bigger and then sure enough start getting some of this video and you start seeing just a little bit more girth right a little bit more bulk to like you know ingram's chest his arms and when i say a little more bulk yeah he, he was basically like pipe cleaners before but now that there was a little bit more muscle. I, I felt like I saw it. So anyways, the fact that it's being confirmed, even by David Griffin, um, that's just a good sign because I think that's the biggest key to uh, his game for improvement is just getting a little stronger, right? Yeah. We, how many times do we see him 
in whatever facet, whether it's defending a bigger guy or trying to get by somebody on a move, always a lack of strength usually hurt him at some point during whatever he's trying to do. So getting a little bit stronger, look what it did for Kevin Durant. You know, yeah. if, if B.I. can follow down, go down that road a little bit in terms of that strength, it'll open up the world even that much more. We could be talking about an all-NBA player. If I can, yeah. let me let me oh, just – if um, yeah, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, when you look at Brandon, this is what we have to remember again. Two injury off-seasons. Last season he couldn't even lift his arm, you know, mm-hmm. during the off-season. And it is nearly impossible to gain weight during the NBA season. You're playing too many games. You are mostly lifting weights for endurance, not for mass. So it just wasn't going to happen, him gaining weight during the course of the season. So to have this opportunity, now that his legs are stronger, and remember he had to got, he, we were talking about his leg fatigue before, that there were a lot of games that, that even the coaches you know, were just, hey, take it light before the game. Or you, you know, they would test him out, see how his knee was feeling. And we and Ali and I just felt that was overuse and muscle fatigue. He wasn't really hurt, but he just hadn't played those kinds of minutes in, in so long. So to build that endurance, um, for him to take that opportunity and get stronger physically, because like you said, in the fourth quarters, when he's got a hoist to jumper, those shoulders need to be strong. Those legs need to be strong. His base needs to be secure. So for him to come back like that, that could be a major factor for them. Kevin, were you going to follow up? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I know, I think all four of us have recently been on the Elliot Clough, uh, believe in the Pelican podcast. He's going to plug that because uh, he had a conversation with all of us individually about like what player we would like to add to this team. And in the episode with Chris Connor, uh, he talked about instead of just adding, adding somebody, he just hoped that Brandon Ingram could add more muscle and more girth and strength to be able to handle the, the four spot more when they want to go small and shift uh, Zion to the five. So I know he's got to be happy about that. And then otherwise, I was going to say, I guess we have to start calling uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Nikhil and Dime in three quarters. Get out. <laughs> That's my- but <laughs> you're fired. Uh, Ollie, some of our guys uh, have some interesting looks going too. Brandon Ingram's hair looks amazing. Uh, Frank Jackson was sporting a fro. Uh, we know how the quarantine has treated all of us individually. What'd you make of some of the uh, updates the players have brought? Pass this on real quick to somebody else. I've got a dog scratching the door. <laughs> Sorry, okay. guys. Uh, gr- Is uh, that a gr- euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bathroom code. I mean, you know, guys are going to get this figured out. They've gotten a bunch of barbers down there in Orlando. I mean, you know, people had to audition to, 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 for the barber spots. So I don't think what you saw today, outside of Ingram, who's going to go with his cornrows no matter what, and Zion, who remarkably kept a fresh Z throughout this whole thing. How did he uh, do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who was hooking him up, but somebody was at the Williamson residence keeping that Z tight. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, you're going to see guys come in looking one way. But once games start again, uh, guys want to be comfortable. And the way they play, most of them, it's, it's a cleaner, uh, you know, look. You just And they're going to be hot. It's going to be hot in those gyms. And I, I just, I think it's, it's going to be a completely different situation. So, yeah, fashion-wise, I don't think we're going to see the fashion shows on a night-to-night basis. I think we'll see probably some muted things, a lot more message-based clothing maybe. But, um yeah, I think the the barbers will be busy this weekend. 
Now, Kevin, we've gotten some some more in-depth, exclusive look at some of these players. They've been posting on social media. We've seen some behind-the-scenes uh, looks at practice. Do you think we might get a, a better visual of these players uh, in this environment than we ever have before? I think so, because I think in this situation, they feel like they control the content. They're not. They're, there's no like outsider media person in there filming them, doing all of this, where it's those guys producing the content and putting it out there. Plus they also have more free time because there's nothing else really for them to do. So I think you will get to see a bigger window of what these guys lives are like and what their personalities are like because they'll feel freer. And they also will just be trying to kill time and create and, and, you know, entertain themselves like they're entertaining us. I don't even know which real quick. I think Preston, we got to plug this new site that I came or new handle on NBA bubble bubble live. Man, they they're on top of it, you know. From Pat Bev's like twenty thousand T-shirts to whatever else. Like I love my favorite so far in the day, and you guys can correct me, but was when um, Boban and yeah. Tobias finally saw each other, although from a distance. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was really funny. Uh, Boban's probably about fifty feet away from trying to to signal hello to, to Tobias, and uh, the two of them were friends. I think they played together in Los Angeles. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, Detroit. And Detroit, and they they went to they were on three different oh, teams Philly together, too, right? and, and Philly. Yes, they were on three different teams together. Wow! Uh, did, you, did you guys see the Better Off Dead uh, edit of that, where like Bobon's holding the boombox over his head in the trench? Say coat? anything? <laughs> say I mean, anything sorry, yeah. Say anything. yeah, that's right. Not Better Off Dead. Say anything. Got my wrong Cusack movie, but yeah, uh, that was pretty funny. I really enjoyed it. Now, Ali, we've almost cracked the mystery. Uh, obviously, three uh, Pelicans players who were reportedly uh, tested positive for coronavirus. However, now we've seen Frank Jackson. Uh, we've seen Jackson Hayes. The only guys I haven't seen so far were Jaleel Okafor uh, and Josh Gray, I think. Uh, ha- have we gotten to the root? Is every Alan Gentry said everybody was there. Is everybody, in fact, there? You know, I don't know. Uh, it, it, we're not going to get anything from Alvin or the Pelicans because of the HIPAA privacy laws, right? So they're not going to come out and say it unless a player gives consent. Um, kind of like, I think it was Derek Jones with the Miami Heat, right? He, he, whether it was today or yesterday, he allowed for his name to be out there. Why he can't attend was because of COVID reasons. But no, it was interesting to me that, you know, of course, we still don't know exactly who Sindari's Thornwell's replacing on the roster. So you got to think that somebody stayed behind in New Orleans. Now, is that person Jaleel? Because, I mean, Malika said he wasn't at practice. She didn't say whether he's physically in Orlando. You know, we didn't get any confirmation on anything. So, no, I don't think we know anything other than by looking at videos, spotting who's there. I know a lot of people were going through, for instance, when they were getting on the plane to leave for Orlando a few days ago. And I thought that pretty much they had spotted everybody outside of maybe Jaleel and Josh Gray, as you just mentioned. So, you know, it's looking like it's got to be one of those two guys. But again, Sindarius was a substitute player for a regular rotation member. So it doesn't make sense that it would be for Josh Gray, right? He was a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. Well, weren't they well, still carrying Darius? They were still carrying Darius on the regular roster, though, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, but so, they couldn't I, replace him, right? Unless they would have waived him because they've still got him on contract for next season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't make. I mean, I don't know if he's not going because, like, you look at what the Nets are doing with the guys that aren't going. Then you know they they're signing Jamal Crawford and um, <laughs> Michael Beasley. 
to come in and like take those spots and those guys are still on the roster. No, you're right. Yeah, I misspoke. But what what it was, Andrew and I think even Will, right? Will Guillory and Andrew Lopez oh, both man. said that you know Sindari Thornwell is not a substitute for Darius Miller. It so was actually it was for somebody it was, else. It was Christian Clark. I want to make sure I give a shout out to him. Um, okay. I think we're, I think we're only allowed to refer to a uh, certain someone as he who shall not tip. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Out of respect for Kevin. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Come on, y'all. Tip your tip your servers. Uh, you know, <laughs> we we should all know the rule by now. Uh, David. Uh, My a couple one of, <laughs> A couple of notable players uh, have have been withheld from traveling with their team so far. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Goran Dragic, and Bam Adebayo were some of the names uh, I read. Do you think these guys are just hanging behind, getting their affairs in order? Do you think they don't want to disclose that they're still testing positive? These are pretty big-name players. Why aren't they there? Well, Harden has asthma, so I think that they're being very cautious with him. Uh, Westbrook and those other guys, again, that that's going to be up to what we find out from these teams, and that's the most difficult part in all this is – you know, the teams that are notoriously tight-lipped already are really not going to say anything here. But I, for Harden, I understand. I mean, he's trying to to make sure medically um, he's not putting himself in a position where if you're an asthmatic and you go into a situation like this and you damage your lungs and you're James Harden when endurance is, is like literally such a huge part of your game, I mean, yeah, you, I'd be cautious too. I'd want to report at the last minute possible too because I don't think he's going to come in out of shape. I don't think that Russell Westbrook's going to come in out of shape. So, I mean, I think that that's part of it is just you, you allow certain players to figure these things out if you trust them. And it seems that the Rockets have given James Harden that same leeway for a very long time. And I think if you're also, if you're the Miami Heat, you're not that far from Orlando anyway. So if you, get, if you can hold Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic back a couple days for whatever reason in your facility, if you, they need a little more rehab or whatever, that's not really a problem. Yeah, um, I, I think that that summed it up pretty well. We are getting dangerously close, though. I think we're just 12 days out. And I, I know that the players, once they join, they will have to quarantine for two days. But uh, these are obviously all veterans. Bam Adebayo is the youngest of them. I think he's 22. The rest of them are all at least 30 years of age. So I, I guess they might not need the practice time as much as some others do. Ali, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, but I'm well, sure that it was Let's important. talk about that because... That, that, that's something that Alvin brought up today and Zion in thinking that 20 days is enough to get in game shape and, and get your timing back and all this other stuff. And I personally don't think it is, right? I, I remember talking to these guys every preseason on how much time it really does take to get acclimated, not only individually, your conditioning, but also as a team, all those chemistry things that you need to, you know, get figured out. So I think that for instance, Bam Adebayo, what, Nikola Jokic, all these guys missing a few days could really hurt them because they're still going to have to go through quarantine once they get to Orlando. So that's going to kill another two days. So I can foresee actually all these things being a problem. Oh, God. Those are the screams I used to make when I'd cut myself shaving, you know where. But that was before Manscaped. Thanks, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Look, who here doesn't get nervous about grooming their man parts? And that's why Manscaped created the Lawnmower 3.0, beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your family jewels. So many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. And they aren't kidding. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The NBA is right around the corner, and right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Black lives matter, and we're continuing to do our part here at The Bird Calls. That's why we've created the Armchair All-American Scholarship. Thanks to contributions from Armchair, myself, Music is My Refuge, R. Anders 36, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and many more, Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. The criteria is African-American, under 21, and in a creative field. To apply, send something you've created, whether photography, art, music, anything, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. We can't wait to see your application. I remember what I was going to ask. I'm going to ask it to Kevin now. Uh, Fox Sports Florida reported that not only are they televising all eight Orlando Magic games, they're also televising all three scrimmages. Of course, Fox Sports also represents or is the syndicate for the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Fox Sports NOLA. Would you expect that it's only a matter of time before Fox Sports NOLA also um, unveils that they will be televising all 11 instances? Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. Why wouldn't they? They they even did like broadcast when the Pelicans were on national TV when they were on ESPN or TNT. They would also still you still had the option of uh, Joel and Antonio as well. So I mean, I don't see why that would be different now. I mean, it's going to be weird for them to not be at the game and call it there and be calling it from another location. It sounds like, um, but I I think they'll figure out a way to make that happen because I mean, also what else are they going to show? You know like what's going to be running on their network. And part of this whole deal of the NBA coming back is for those companies to, to recoup some of the money that they spent in the contract. Um, You know, I mean, to, to satisfy those contracts. So if you're not running it, then what's the point also? Yeah, it's too bad. If they would have thought of this ahead of time, maybe they could have made an, uh, a deal with these networks that could have prevented them from inviting the Washington Wizards and Phoenix Suns. Those teams were brought there to get them over the threshold of necessary games, whatever 70 times um, 30 teams is, 2,400 games or whatever it is. Uh, David, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and transition over to questions because I got a good one that you and Kevin were heavily involved on on Twitter today, and that's about Zion's jump shot. Now, if you guys listened to Kevin Berrios, I think it was last week, uh, he, he had a good uh, take on this, and I'll let him follow up on that too. Uh, let's start it here. Okay, I, this is from Clint White. I believe for longevity's sake, it is required for Zion to develop a, Blake, uh, a jump shot. Blake Griffin has spoken extensively about how crazy sore he was all the time when he just played on athleticism alone. Does this change your mind, David? No, and I'm going to say this. You should never in any way compare Zion Williamson to Blake Griffin. And that's not an insult to Blake Griffin in, uh, in, in the fact that believes, you know, he was, what, a seven, eight-time All-Star and, and has done some great things in this league. But they are not the same player stylistically. They are not the same player physically. And, and so I did some numbers, uh, some research of my own, okay? So the first four years of Blake Griffin's career, his average shot distance was eight feet. Zion's average shot distance this year is 3.6. 3.6, okay? So <laughs> Zion is at the rim. But the thing is this. 
he and uh, Blake Griffin both dunked the ball roughly 19% of the time over that, you know, Zion this year and Griffin over those first four years. But most of Griffin's shots, you know, 40% of Griffin's shots were at the rim. 76.7% of Zion's shots are at the rim. So what does that tell you? If his dunk percentage is about the same as Griffin's, but his shooting, his shooting numbers, the percentage of shots he's taking are overwhelmingly 76% at the rim. 92% of his shots come within 10 feet of the basket. Those are not the same players. Zion doesn't have to be super explosive in the sense of that he has to finish everything with a dunk. What Zion has is that body. And his, his leaping ability is what's going to get him rebounds and put, put backs off the glass. So I don't see it being as much of a problem for him as he gets older unless he's unable to maintain weight. The jumper that I think Kevin and I both talked about, it's not hit, falling in love with it like Anthony Davis and standing there in that midway point between the dotted line and the three-point line. What we're talking about is if you want Zion to have a jumper, it's off the pick and roll and he can knock down a baseline J or it's that open corner three, or it's the one that he feels comfortable with that we've seen taking from the, the, the wing spots above the arc. But the jumper, as long as he's playing, he should be thinking about the guys that we compared him to before, the Bonzi Wells, the Al Jeffersons, the Zach Randolphs. But you put all of that with more explosion and more strength than any of those guys, and his career can absolutely last and endure if he, because I don't see Zion Williamson as being strictly a guy who will rely on his physical talent. Uh, I apologize if you already mentioned this. I heard you mention percentages, but uh, just in case uh, we missed this, Zion takes 13.4 shots within five feet. That's number one in the NBA. Number two is Giannis and Westbrook at 11. Uh, Kevin, I know you want to follow up on this. Uh, you had a, a fun Andre Miller quote in there. Get in there. Yeah, so, I mean... I, one of my favorite quotes ever from an NBA player is Andre Miller when asked about how he lasted this long in the league. And he just said, I don't jump. He's like, if you don't jump, you don't hurt yourself, which I understand. And I understand uh, it, it's Clint, right? That asked us the question. Yes. I understand what Clint was thinking when he asked this question. And I agree a ton of what, you know, I mean, I'm in complete agreement with Grubb on what he's saying there. I think also, a little bit of me saying, like, I don't really care if he ever develops a jump shot. Obviously, if he develops a jump shot, it's great. The more weapons you have is great. But what I'm more concerned about is making him the most dominant player that he can be. And the most dominant player, the most dominant version of him is when he's in the paint. And yep. so I want other things. I want him to develop the other skills first that that really make him just unstoppable in the paint, and that's uh, footwork and post moves, things like that. Now, I, I also, I mean, I understand the point of him having a jump. I'm not saying don't ever shoot the ball. Um, in fact, uh, Elliot and I talked about this on his pod too. And, you know, the, the thing also, when you're talking about how you want a player to play and what kind of skills you want to develop them with and the kind of roster you want to construct around them is you got to look at what does the other team – want you to do what is the Mm -hmm. the defense of the other team want you to do every other opposing coach would love for zion to sit at the three-point line sit in in the mid-court take i mean in the uh, half uh sorry mid-range taking jump shots that's what they want you to do why would you ever do that now the thing that 
about developing somewhat of a serviceable shot does for you is it Zion is the kind of player that has the ball skills and the explosion that if you get him the ball um, behind the arc and he's singled up with one man because they're only ever going to guard him with one man behind the arc because they don't need to guard him with two. They don't really care about his, his shot there as much. They want him taking that. They want him, him to do it. But because he has that explosion and those ball skills, and if he has a threat of a shot, then he can use that to blow past that pump fake, blow past that guy, do a dribble move, blow past that guy and attack the rim. And, and, you know, so having some sense of a jump shot is serviceable in that aspect. And also because he's a good passer and a good playmaker and he projects that way, you draw the big man out from the paint, you surround him with guys that are good cutters and he can find them. That's also a, a great thing to be able to use from time to time. But 80%, 90% of the time, you want him anchored down there near the basket dominating. And so I'm not too worried about him ever really, like if he never develops a jump shot, he still will be the most, one of the most dominant paint players, one of the most dominant players in the league because of what he can do. If he adds that he could make himself a little bit better, or he might fall in love with, with that finesse game. Cause a lot of big guys like want to yep. show that guard skills, you know, like I love <laughs> Anthony Chris Davis. I, and look, I love Chris Weber and Chris Weber was a, an amazing player. He's like one of my favorite players in league history. And even back then, that was before the three-point line became what it was. You saw him drifting further away from the basket to show he had that jump shot and that skills. And it sort of took away from how dominant he was in the post. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to see that happen with Zion. I'm I mean, all look, for everybody get, having the most weapons possible. Kevin? Sorry. No, I was no, just hey, I'm, look, listen, I'm going ju- to jump in here, too, because you know what I want to see happen in Orlando? Forget the jump shot. Forget it for years in my book. I want to yeah. see the improvement defensively yeah. and in his ball handling. Yeah, that ball like- handling, really, for a couple weeks, there was every time he tried to make just one spin move, a dribble move, he was losing it half the time out of bounds or getting it stripped. Yeah. He, Griff said he, that that's it was improved, away from right? his body so far. He dropped right. so far away from his exactly. body. Exactly. Too quick, right? He 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 was really I don't know. He wasn't comfortable, and and the skills weren't there for whatever reason. He's not but used boy, to having that's people that. You know how much around. this game's going to change? What's that, David? I said he wasn't used to having people who could grab the ball from him. Who who, who would even play yeah. against that that could put their hand, who knew how to put their hands in between and, and and get it from a guy his size? He never saw or smarter like NBA that. defenses that know how to double so quickly. Yeah, right. And I want him to be able to get that ball the ball at the elbow and find cutters. Like when they're yeah. when their defender sides yep. off of them comes toward him and that cutter goes, find them. And like that's another thing in this thing that Chris and I are working on is there's a guy that I love who who is like an incredible cutter. And I think he could be a future player with, with Zion and it would be a perfect match. And you know, he's like seventy percent on all cuts and he's like eighty percent at the rim. Uh, and he's a perimeter player and you know like you surround him with guys like that guys that don't need the ball but are excellent off ball cutters good spot up shooters quality defenders uh defend and rebound from what and then you're maximizing the player that you the superstar that you have on your team and I think that's the way to do it instead of like trying to move him away from what makes him great yeah because I mean if you have a guy who can who shoots 92 percent of his shots within 10 feet why are you moving him? And he's shooting 60% from the floor. You have yeah. no reason to get him away. He's efficient. 
He's going. He's getting the other team in foul trouble, and his we know his free throw percentage will go up. But he was still getting teams in foul trouble, getting to the line as a rookie, which is a very rare thing. And so you want him. That you said the things you want him to develop are hesitation. How do you get your you know using your head and shoulders fake to get bigger guys up, using your body to get closer to the rim instead of having to power you know through people and get offensive charges. Those are the things he's going to work on. But we know this about Zion Williamson. He has light feet. He has soft hands. He doesn't have to do everything touch. at the rim. So I think he his explosion is 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 going to always is going to be there. But look, Vince Carter just left. Vince Carter just left this league, 42 years old, and there were nights still that Vince Carter was the best athlete in the gym. So it's about how you take care of yourself. What do you do with your body? And I think different guys, yeah, Tim, if Tim Duncan tells me that not jumping saved his career, yeah, because Timmy didn't need to jump. That wasn't his game. But I think Zion jumping for him, that quickness, we talked about the quickness of that second jump, especially on the offensive end, is what separates him. So why take that away from the basket? I'm not too worried because, let's face it, Alvin's done a great job, right? He deserves a lot of accolade for the way he has incorporated Zion into the offense. Remember, I mean, Alvin hates uh, post-ups in in his offenses, but guess what? He made sure to carve out some for Zion every game. He always made sure to get him in transition. And, you know, we lamented often the lack of rebounding by Zion. But I'll tell you what, when he was guarding a perimeter player, you know, contesting a three-point shot – I had absolutely no problems with him then shooting up the court, looking for an easy two. You know, that did lead to a lot of easy baskets or free throw opportunities for him and the Pelicans. So I I got faith in not only Zion, but also this system and Alvin. So I don't think they're going to deviate that. In fact, I could see them yelling at Zion if he starts selling for too many outside jumpers. But, you know, what what little we know about Zion, I think we can say with enough confidence that he won't be that guy. I can't foresee him settling because – he, he knows how to play the game, right? He, he has this instinct that we've seen. And, and when you combine that with his, just his emphatic desire to win, he's not going to be pulling up like ADs for five shots, you know, from the mid range in a row. Just don't see it. it and, and on the, the, so I can finish, I'm sorry. And I hope we wrap it up on this. Cause I, I hate that I've been dominating a little bit, but <laughs> the last part to me would be this, is that if you're the, the thing about Zion in the post is that the Pelicans have shooting. And people keep talking about why, you know, you have to have shooting around Zion. The Pelicans absolutely have that. So you don't have to take him out of the post. And then the last part is, name five people in the league who could defend him one-on-one on the block. Yeah, all right. I'm going to get in here. Uh, a while ago, I was waiting for a segue, uh, and Ali actually stole my idea on Zion's defense. I, I want to double down on that. Because we've seen a lot of four or five matchups of Nicolo Melli and Zion Williamson, and each of them uh, grade in the bottom 20th percentile in rim deterrence. Uh, and that's percentage of opponent shots that come at the rim. Nicolo Melli actually ranks in the zero percentile, uh, among other bigs, and Zion ranks in the 23rd percentile. This is all according to B-Ball Index. I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, a D minus grade for Zion Williamson. So I would like him to insert himself. Uh, a bit more defensively, specifically in the paint, specifically if the Pelicans are going to use him in that capacity because we know just how good they are uh, offensively when he plays the five. I'm going to go over to Kevin because I don't think we've heard from him in a while, and we've got a great question from David Rose, Uh, and it's basically about running it back. It says, it looks like everybody's put in the work. The team is young. They have a veteran mentality. 
do you do you even think about dismantling this team anymore, uh, Kevin? You know, there's the possibility if they don't re-sign Drew, they may move off of him. Uh, uh, re-signing Derek Favors could be costly, specifically if the cap lowers a little bit. Um, uh, David says he thinks that would also be a bad move. Kevin, do you think the Pelicans just run it back next year? I would have no problem with them running it back as it is. It, it, you know, I mean, I think they should try to move Darius Miller for something more useful. Um, and, like a chair. But, and like, oh, and like John and Frank walk and then like replace them with something else. I'd like to bring Etwan back, honestly, if you can get him on a good deal, just to have that like veteran guy that they love in the locker room that can be a knockdown shooter for you when you need it, uh, when injuries crop up. Um, I love Derek Favors. Um, I would love to have him back. You know, obviously the young Lakers that we got over here, um, you want to keep all of those guys. Um, but, you know, like the Drew situation for me, is it's something that I see both sides of, and I see merit in both sides. I see merit in bringing him back and keeping him mm-hmm. around long term. I see merit in trading him to fill other holes. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I don't really know where I stand on it yet. Um, and part of what Chris and I are working on is exploring that deeper. Um, and I think I hope to by the end of the time we finish that article together that I have a, an answer of what I definitively want to do right now. I don't. But he's just the the one thing that I question about it is, you know, he's the one guy that I think I'm not, is like. I definitely see why you move him, but I also see why you keep him. And, but to move him, you have to move him to the right situation for, for everybody involved for him, the other team and for our team, for what we get back. So um, it, it's interesting. It's, I, I don't really have an answer to that question, the Drew Holiday question yet, but I hope to um, soon. Yeah. And that's something we can expand I'll- on. Oh, sorry. Get in there. No, I was just going to jump in real quick. As they're currently constructed and as currently their skills allow them, Drew Holiday is more of a benefit, I think, to this team than he would be trading him for almost whatever you could get in return. He defensively is the guy to stop any perimeter player, right? Brandon Ingram hasn't we, – we don't know if Brandon Ingram would even become an average player in that capacity. Lonzo Ball showed a lot of strides, especially later in the season, that he could be – you know, kind of a defensive stopper on the wings. But again, he's not there yet. Also, Drew, by far and away, is the Pelicans' best isolation player in terms of where if you need for somebody to create something on offense and either get himself a shot, a free, good good enough look, or create for somebody else, that guy's Drew, right? And so between that and, of course, all that that type of veteran mentality, leadership, all the, the, the chops he's given credit for in that locker room, which does it really does matter. When you talk to these guys and you kind of see it play out, I still think that David Griffin should bring him back. He shouldn't be thinking about trading him, especially because of how well they played together, right? Isn't And this is what Antonio Daniels preached to. Uh, I think we lost uh, Ali. We lose he was talking about uh, what Antonio Daniels was uh, preaching. Let's see if we can get him back. If not, we will move back over to Grubb. Can you guys hear me now? Uh, yep. Yeah. So we lost yeah. you at uh, Antonio Ant- Daniels preaching. Yeah, no, Antonio Daniels said the, the, at the end of the day, you have to look at how players impact winning. And that should be, you know, the most determinative aspect when you evaluate a player. And with Drew, 
and especially the starting lineup, we, we saw what the numbers did. We saw what these guys did in the, what, 18, 19, 20 games they play together. So they still need to see more. I don't think you should definitely be pursuing any kind of trades unless it's a, a hugely in favor of the Pelicans and David Griffin. Yeah, nice. I'd, yeah I'd say, um, you know, the, the biggest thing that, that changed, changed all of this for me, in my opinion, was just the lack of time you have between the end of this season and the start of next. And so why, why not just bring these guys back? Because that's really the continuation of this season, not this stuff in Orlando. The stuff that'll be the continuation will be next season when it really starts and you have this next rookie group that comes in, however it's comprised, you, you shed some of that dead weight on the bench and you bring in those next set of bodies. But you, again, like we talked about before, the first time you have the opportunity, you, you know, could return your starting lineup since 2004. Continuity means something. And I think that at the very least, you're bringing Drew Brack back. You still have the option at the All-Star break or the option, you know, up until the All-Star break of really making that decision. If things just aren't going right, then you can move him and somebody's going to want him. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't do it now because at the very least, I want my Zion Williamson's, my Josh Hart, my the, guy, the young four, the four guys that you have, the, that you got, in that trade last year, I want them comfortable. I want them to feel stabilized. I don't want them going through a whole bunch of overhaul again and bringing in a new group of voices when I just started getting to listen to these four. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't make any major overhauls in the offseason, not with the core seven, eight guys that they have. I'm going to share a personal antidote and then I'm going to get out of here. Uh, We have a three and a half month old. I I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast, but we have some neighbors who are throwing a podcast. And my wife just texted me that throwing a podcast. Oh, throwing a party. This is, I can't do two things (laughs) at once. It's something that's (laughs) sorry. I'm reading and talking at the same time and it's not going well for me. Uh, I I guess apparently they have a pool. She says, I hope their skin peels off because of the chlorine. Uh, So I really enjoyed that. My wife is super testy right now because our our baby woke up. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys uh, for listening to that story. We've gotten off the rails a few times today. Uh, Ali, did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. Just, just uh, be be nice to your neighbors, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Kevin B for bounce. What about you, sir? Uh, nothing much. Uh, uh, like I said, Chris and I got something that works, but it's going to be we're, we we have decided not to drop it till after the Orlando situation is over. Um, so it won't be coming out till then. I doubt I'll have anything basketball wise written um, before you that. Think he Dr. So. Dre or something? Yeah, we <laughs> Dr. Dre. I'm keep teasing. We're having a launch date. Yeah. Well, well, oh my god <laughs> all right mr grub okay so monday is the day uh the return of hard to paint as a daily podcast so mm-hmm. we'll be back on monday and we'll also be relaunching my website hitp with dg.com and you can go there and get linked uh to go to the hitp store which these guys will tell you there's some dope stuff there and especially if you love the pelicans there's some there's some really cool things to wear during basketball while this basketball is coming back. So please check it out. It helps support the show and uh, keep me keep my children eating. <laughs> yeah, congratulations! I ordered, I ordered the Voodoo Pelican shirt. It's it's great. If you haven't seen that yet, go check that out. It's real. It's really beautiful. Congratulations, man. And in case you guys didn't know, Larry Holder had a piece on The Athletic featuring uh, David Grubb a few days ago. Really a uh, well written investigative report on. Uh, 
local sports radio in New Orleans. So congratulations to you. Can't wait to check that out. I'm a podcast guy, so I will definitely be listening to that. It's it's so easy when it's on demand and it's on your phone. Um, so super thrilled about that. Uh, if you guys want to, you can check out my article on Cinderius Thornwell. I talked to Devin Blair of the Houston Rockets and the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, and I'm talking to general manager Travis Stockbridge uh, tomorrow about him as well, because I know you guys are thirsty for Cinderius Thornwell content, and I'm going to deliver it to you. Uh, you can follow me at Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Kevin B for Bounce, DM Grub. And remember, please help us out, share it, rate it, uh, tell your friends about it. We really appreciate uh, anything you can do to help us. For now, let's dance. Let's go, pals. Thank you for listening to the Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today.